0: Welcome back to Inside Fantasy Football. Today we're going to go over Thursday night football. We're going to go over the waiver wire aftermath. I will go over some of the players that were picked up on waivers last night and what to do going forward. We're also going to go over how to prepare yourself for the playoffs. Or if you are a team that is out of the playoffs, how to handle these last few weeks. Uh, Today I want to get started on the waiver wire First, uh, there's been a lot of action on my emails and on the website as far as who to pick up and what to do as far as dropping certain players. And I wanted to jump right into that right off the bat because I think at this point in the season, this is where some of these moves can make or break your season. It's a pretty quiet but interesting week as far as the waiver wire. I think the top pickup for me personally that I picked up in a few leagues is Anthony Miller, the rookie receiver there in Chicago. They are running a system with their new coaching staff uh, that is similar to the Kansas City Chiefs. And I think Anthony Miller is a recipient of that. They spread it out. They move the ball around. Uh, He's guaranteed at least if he's running that slot and he's healthy – he is going to get at least six or seven targets. At The floor is five from Trubisky is what it looks like. He's very talented. I think he's a guy that you need to at least add to your roster. They're playing the Minnesota Vikings on Sunday Night Football, a huge game. And I would worry about him in that spot. I'm not saying don't start him. He would be a flex at best for that it's a little bit of a dangerous game, but if you're in a desperate situation in a deep league and you were lucky enough to get him on the waiver wire, he's not a bad guy to throw in the flex in that situation. I'm really excited about him going forward. Allen Robinson is back and doing well in, in a target monster again, so they think that hurts the upside as far as the uh, next few weeks for Miller, maybe you know towards the rest of this season. But he's a guy that I wouldn't mind having on my roster playing these last few weeks. Say you're out of it and you're not playing for the playoffs. This is where you look at certain players that you may want the next year and you just want to see how they produce on the week to week. It'll get you to pay attention to them on the games on Sunday. At least that's what I do. I've got a few leagues that I'm out of it. And it's more of, uh, okay, I want to check this player out and watch them for a few weeks and see how they do, see how they progress. So I'll do that kind of scouting for the next season. If you're in a keeper, maybe scouting for keepers. That's what makes you interested as far as being out of it and keeping some interest in week to week. Guys like me, we love it no matter what. We can be totally out of it, and we still love to play fantasy football, so it's not a big deal for guys like me. But if a lot of people play just for the fun of it and the competitiveness of it and when they're out of it, they lose a lot of interest and that's what I'm trying to bring up to these people out there that are on the fence about having a bad season. It's not their life kind of like it is for me like I love it and you know and they're just somewhat interested but um, they're just grasping at, a, at straws to try to stay interested. What you do is if you love football and you, want to, you know you're going to play next year, possibly in the same league or not, scout players. Look around. See certain situations. Get an idea for what you want next year. Uh, definitely in a keeper league, find your keepers. This is the time to say, okay, I want to see if I can find four strong keepers or however many keepers you've got in your league. Um, that's what you do when you're out of it you got to stay involved and you got to put a lineup up every week because it's fair to the people that are in the league that are doing well. They should not be punished by the people at the bottom by not setting their lineups and just giving people easy wins. That is not how you play fantasy football. If you are 2-8 and eight right now and not checking your lineup, you've got guys that are zeroing out during the week, don't play fantasy football you're ruining it for the people that enjoy it they'll get somebody else in that spot that will actually try not every year there I know the NFL I know players and I know fantasy football but I still have a couple teams out of my 11 leagues that I'm out of it and you can't help injuries uh and honestly in in one of those leagues for sure I've made just some bad decisions I had a lot of guys sitting on the bench that's my fault That is not the league's fault. That's not any other team in the league's fault. That is my fault. That's something, and even the injuries. It happened to me. It's not fair. Life's not fair. Don't take it out on the league. You continue to start the best teams you possibly can. You should still be working that waiver wire. I will work the waiver wire until the season is over. I don't care if I have one win or zero wins. Always try to field or uh, to put out the best lineup possible. It's character, first of all. Second of all, if you like fantasy football at all and you continue to play, you will be on the other end of that where you're one of the teams battling for the playoffs and you got a guy that you're battling for that last spot with and he's playing a guy that puts nobody up against him and you lose that spot because this guy gets, you know, he's playing a team that's going to score 60 points. Not fair at all. Deserve to be kicked out of the league or Frozen. I'm a commissioner and a couple, and I won't have it. If you're not fielding a team, you got a guy that zeroes out. I don't care if your mom died. I don't care what the excuse is. You take the 10 minutes to set a lineup and hit a waiver wire. I had to get that off my back because there are a lot of people that sell out towards the end of the season when they're not doing well, and those guys drive me nuts because it's not fair you're giving wins away. Not saying that if your team's that bad, you probably wouldn't lose anyway, but at least look like you're trying to the rest of the league. Back to the uh, free agents. Um, Miller's a good pickup. Rashad Penny's interesting, but you got to realize he's walking into a three-man situation here with Carson leading the way. Penny will get some work, and he looked pretty good last week. But Carson is still the guy to own there in Seattle. Penny may share some of the passing down work with Davis. But out of the three, the guy to own against Green Bay will be Carson. Now, Penny could be a stash. Carson comes in, he hurts that hip again. You're looking at a Davis-Penny duo. It's possible. So I do think he is a good Add as far as a bench stash. Do not add Rashad Penny and start him this week unless you're in a super deep league and and praying for something. Because Carson is healthy. He sat out last week. Didn't practice at all last week. He's let that hip heal. He will be back at 100% on Thursday or close to. And I think he'll see a majority of the work. I think Penny and Davis will come in in spots. Still addable to see how things play out there in Seattle. Rashad Penny is very much an addable asset to add to somebody's bench. Elijah Maguire, I know I've held on to him in a couple leagues. I just think the Jets are so bad right now. I mean, unless you're in a really deep league or you've bottomed out and you're doing what I was saying earlier, just kind of watching to see certain guys turn into something, that's okay. But other than that, I would not be huge on Maguire just because of the. I love his talent. But the Jets are just so bad. They're bottoming out. I think they're going to make a run for uh, Le'Veon Bell next year. And I think Elijah McGuire um, may just end up being a backup next year to Bell or whoever they work out. Because it looks like Crowell was a one-year thing there for New York. He is just bottoming out. He's not working. Nobody's working in that offense right now. So Elijah McGuire is at your own risk. Only a stash, in my opinion. But he was the third-ranked, heavily added player last week. Josh Adams, a little quick running back out of Philadelphia. A lot of people are on him right now because Philly is hurting in the backfield. He is another guy I wouldn't rush to throw into the starting lineup. If you're in a deep situation or a situation where you're checking players out because you're out of the playoffs, he's worth an add. If you're in the playoffs, he's a depth add. He's a guy that you want to add, put on your bench, similar to Penny and Miller, uh, their depth ads at this point. Josh Reynolds, uh, he's a good ad receiver there for the Rams. Cooper Cup is out for the season with an MCL tear. Uh, So Josh Reynolds will step in. Uh, I don't know how much work he's going to get. I think it's an uptick for Cooks and Woods and Gurley even. I think they're going to get even more passing down work. This also opens up uh, some room for Higby and Everett, the tight ends there in LA. Uh, I would see if I had to choose one, it would be Higby. He seems to be the guy that Goff likes more, but Josh Reynolds is definitely an edible bench dash. I don't know if I would want Like I said on a few other players earlier, if you're in a desperate situation, he is a flexible player, but I would try to stay away from that. If you can, I want to see how they work. Against KC without cup. This week will tell us what Josh Reynolds' um, uh, value is. And that's another reason why it's probably a good idea to add him this week. Like I always say, stay a week ahead. I think Josh Reynolds plays into that. If you have room on your lineup, you have room on your bench, you add Josh Reynolds, not for this week, for next week, because this week you use it to see what he does. He goes in, don't get upset. Put him on your bench. He has a good game. That's a good thing. Then you know going into next week, you've got a solid case for Josh Reynolds to start at a flex or wide receiver two, whatever you've got on your team. I just don't know if he's going to come in and be an immediate, uh, you know, heavy double digit fantasy point guy. I-, I just don't know that. Uh, but he is definitely rosterable, Josh Reynolds. Uh, Receiver for the Rams and I know I'm talking after the waiver wire today so a lot of these are if you've added these guys I'm trying to reiterate what to do with them um, I don't like to do pre waiver wire because it just drives me nuts I don't know everybody's situation I, it would be similar today I'm just breaking down the players for you I, I, I One of the things that drives me nuts about the waiver wires, we can talk about it all day, but each team has their own situation. So I like to do the aftermath. Let's talk about the players after you've picked them up. And that's what we're doing today. Um, Kiki QT, he's another stash for me. I don't know if I'd run out and start him if I wasn't in a desperate situation. He is the sixth most added player this week. Uh, He's a good slot player. I'm a Texans guy. I'm I'm from Houston. I love them. I watch them week in, week out. Um, I think the QT thing's a little overrated. Uh, He gets a little work. I think Watson likes him. The team likes him. Um, But is he a startable player at this point? I haven't seen enough yet. He's another guy similar to Josh Reynolds. Similar to Miller, really. Uh, Where I want to see how they use him this week. You got Demarius Thomas coming back in full capacity for the Texans. He finally should know the offense. He should be ready to roll. He's going to be a strong number two there in Houston behind Hopkins. And I think that hurts QT a little bit. Miller's playing well. Uh, Foreman's on his way back eventually in the next week or two at running back to duo there with Miller. I think that hurts QT. So for right now, for me, it's if you added him, it's okay. Keep him on that bench. I wouldn't run out and start him yet unless you're in a deep situation. He's another guy. He'll never be a keeper or anything. But he's definitely a guy you want to look at and see if next year he could be a bench player for you if you're a guy that's out of it. If you're in the playoffs, he's strictly a depth guy. I, if you're in the playoffs battling to stay in the playoff race, QT's not a guy to add this week. Amendola. Uh, he's been under the radar all year. He's basically just a decent slot guy. I would not start any Miami Dolphins. So for me, even though he's the seventh most added player, if you added Amendola, don't be running out and starting him this week. I just don't think, uh, he's a startable asset at this point. I know from time to time he has a good game, but to me, uh, Amendola is a bench depth guy. Uh, at any point, I don't care how good or bad your team is. We've got a couple quarterbacks at the next rankings at Dak Prescott and Marcus Mariota. Both of them are only two quarterback league guys. They are not in the top 12 yet. So if they're not in the top 12, I'm not talking about them. If you want to use them for two quarterback or super flex, Prescott and Mariota are good ads in that sense. Uh, Willie Sneed is the 10th most added, but I am not a Sneed guy. They're Quarterback position, Jackson, RG3, one of those guys is going to play this week. I don't know how they're going to use Snead. He's just too risky. I would not even add Snead unless you're in a really, really tough situation and you feel like you need Snead as depth or throw him in as flex and cross your fingers. Uh, John Ross uh, didn't have quite the game what we were hoping for, but he is stepping in to fill some of the targets for AJ Green. I'm not too excited about him. I'm not too excited about this Bengals offense outside of Mixon right now. Uh, but he is another rosterable depth guy there for Cincinnati. Demonte Parker, he's the talented guy that he's a what could have been guy. Doesn't want to practice. Nobody likes the kid. Uh, but he's very talented. So he's one of those guys. If you want to throw him on your bench, you can. But I would stay away from Demonte Parker, he's too inconsistent. Maybe in a dynasty situation, I have a feeling he may not be back in Miami next year. You put Devontae Parker in Dallas or something, um, I would get pretty excited. So Devontae Parker, for me, is only a uh, dynasty league guy that you're looking for future-wise. And even then, he's a risk because I just don't know how much this kid likes football from what I'm hearing. A lot of people say he's not invested on a week-to-week basis, and that's a problem in the NFL. It's very much a committal-type sport. When you're in the NFL, a player or a coach, you are 100% in every week. Giovanni Bernard was the 13th ranked most added player last week, and he is just a uh, handcuff to Mixon. I don't think he really has much fantasy relevance, even PPR, at this point. Maybe we'll see an uptick in his usage, but it's the Mixon show there for right now. Josh Doxon is next on the list. He is a decent wide receiver. You guys there they're in Washington. Alex Smith. Not a ton of targets just in general. He doesn't throw, they're not going to throw the ball much. They eat clock, they run the ball. A little bit of an old school approach there. But just out of attrition, just because there's not very many people to throw to, Doxson does have some fantasy relevance there. Did catch a touchdown last week, his second of the year last week. So he is a depth, rosterable guy. I don't, especially playing the Texans next week, I don't know if I would run out and start him. But he is getting a huge uptick as far as his uh, uh, predicted fantasy value on a weekly basis right now has gotten a huge uptick because of injuries. In Washington, there are certain players that have gotten upticks in the situation they're in because they have so many injuries there in Washington. I think that's going to be about it on that front. Uh, Howerman, the tight end for Denver, is another guy I want to throw in there. I know tight end's a weak position, and he looked really, really good against Houston. Now, Houston's horrible against tight ends, but Howerman looked really good, uh, and he is rosterable at tight end. Um, you know, If you have Njoku or one of these guys that are on bye, just drop him and pick up Howerman. Can't do any worse than those guys have been doing. Uh, I'm mad at Njoku right now. I put invested in him in a lot of leagues, and he let me down. I'm looking at these secondary tight ends, Howerman um, and a few others that might step in. Uh, Was it Hermanson there in in New York for the Jets? Um, These guys, I'm looking for them to step in and maybe make up for some of those uh, bigger names that didn't do much this year. One other guy I want to add, or two other guys I want to add here that are on this list that are a little bit down on the list, but are in my personal list are a little bit higher. Uh, Deontay Foreman, definitely in Dynasty, needs to be added and on a bench. He has a bright future there in Houston if the Achilles works out well. He has been activated as of today. So he can play anytime within the next few weeks for the Texans whenever they feel like he's ready. And I think he'll fit right in now. He's going to be in a timeshare with Miller, but he's got the kind of talent where if he comes back 100%, he could outplay Lamar Miller and relegate Miller to third down and passing work very, very quickly too. So to me, Deontay Foreman, if you're deep enough, I know this time of year, it's a little dangerous. We're heading into the playoffs, but he could be that guy. If you add now in a week or two could be a very helpful piece in the playoffs. I will roster him in a few leagues that I am battling for playoffs. If I'm deep enough, I have to look at that after we get done here. Um, But he will be rosterable uh, as a stash because I do think with the Texans, the way they love to run the ball. Bill O'Brien loves grounded out play action football, and I think Foreman fits that perfectly. One other player I want to mention that is on the worst offense in football that blew up last week. Uh, Zay Jones. Zay Jones is a sneaky, sneaky player, and I know he's got Barkley throwing to him. Uh, it It's It's crazy to think of a player that has had worse quarterbacks throwing to him than Zay Jones. I mean, just with that kind of talent, the kid is good. And he is definitely, after last week of the numbers he put up, is rosterable. Uh, But you definitely have to watch out for what they do on offense there McCoy had a good week as well um, teams are going to adjust for Barkley teams are going to adjust with what the everybody's watching the film on what the bills did last week they're going to be coming after Zay Jones and those defensive backfields uh, they don't have much else there so that's the only regression I would worry about I do think he's rosterable um, in almost every format at this point just to see what they do over the next couple weeks he could turn into their guy there and it's looking like he is He's got the talent to be the guy. So it's, a, um, it's, a, it's an interesting situation there with Zay Jones. I know he's with the Bills. I get that. Um, but uh, it is what it is. Uh, and they've got to throw it to somebody. So really, it gives the Bills an uptick to me for me. Uh, you've McCoy and Zay Jones now. He's been McCoy for weeks, the only fantasy relevant player there. It's upticked now to Zay Jones. Zay Jones is a, if you put him on one of these top teams, he would be a player. I think he's got size, he's got hands. He's coming around in his second, what, second or third year now? I think he's in his second year. I'm not sure. Uh, very talented. He's just stuck there in Buffalo. So he's one of those guys, if you're deep or, like I said earlier, you're a team that's bottomed out, checking players out, Zay Jones has got to look at. Uh, Just glancing at the week coming up, don't forget the bye weeks this week are the Bills, Browns, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, and Niners. So get all of your players out from those teams. The Bills, Browns, Dolphins, Patriots, Jets, and Niners are all on bye this week. Remember to bring your players back in from last week, uh, and we are going to flow right into Thursday night's matchup. Green Bay at Seattle. You've got a 4-4-1 four, four, Green Bay facing a 4-5 Seattle, basically... The loser has a really tough chance of making the playoffs. The only If Green Bay loses, they still have a chance, because I don't know how much I believe in the Bears yet. Um, but if Seattle loses, they've already lost the division. The Rams have that. And the wild card would be pretty tough for them if they went to 4-6. and six. So this is a desperation game for Seattle. Really, both teams are going to come in pretty desperate. Uh, We'll start with Green Bay. Um, They've got a lot of things going on there. Uh, First of all, Aaron Jones is a borderline RB1 for the rest of the season. So he is going to be very startable in this game. Randall Cobb did not make the trip for the Packers. He is not going to play tomorrow night. That is an uptick for Valdez Scantling. I think Marquez Valdez-Scantling is going to be a very strong wide receiver to the rest of the year. He needs to be started in all formats tomorrow night, in my opinion. Of course, Devontae Adams is a wide receiver. One, uh, Jimmy Graham's a little iffy. He's been banged up. He didn't do much but block last game. Um, It would be a risky play. The only reason why I might start him in the one league I have Jimmy Graham in is because it's prime time. It's a big game. Aaron Rodgers. Red zone action. I see it happening. I really do. I think that he's going to show up. Do I think he's going to light the world on fire and be the Jimmy Graham from New Orleans? No. But you've got a little bit of a revenge factor. He's back in Seattle. Uh, Aaron Rodgers wants to win this game. They want to win really bad in Green Bay. Almost a playoff atmosphere is what I'm expecting on Thursday night. I think Jimmy Graham is startable. It's risky; he's a risky start. But it is tight end. You're not losing much there. Most tight ends don't do much in the NFL in today's game. There's very few from week to week. A handful, three or four that do well every week. So if you have Jimmy Graham on your roster, I have one. That one roster I do have one. It's Tim and OJ Howard. I am torn right now because the Bucks are playing the Giants, and they throw the ball quite a bit. Um, it's going to be really hard for me to put Graham in over Howard, um, and that's a debate I'm having as we speak. But Jimmy Graham overall, for you guys out there, is a startable player at tight end. Uh, I just think it's going to be a desperation game. They're going to use him in the red zone. He'll see some targets this game. The only other rookie, uh, other receiver I would mention for the Packers that I think may have, I don't know about a breakout, but he may come on the scene a little bit. I talked about him in my very first podcast this year with my deep sleepers, or one of my very first podcasts. Equanimous St. Brown, rookie from Notre Dame there in uh, Green Bay. He is, I would not say startable, but he is a player you need to watch in this game. He's got the talent and the size and the hands to do work well there with Aaron Rodgers. Um, they could use him a little bit in this game. He's a guy to keep an eye on. If you're in a dynasty league, he's a guy that I would stash at the end of a bench maybe or definitely keep a hard eye on. If he has a decent game this week and you see that talent starting to sprout in a dynasty league, I would add him to the bench. Other than that, he's too risky to add at this point. But he's definitely a player to watch in the situation. The Packers are mounting injuries there at receiver. And like I said in that same podcast with Deep Sleepers, at the very beginning, in July, I was saying this. If Allison, Cobb get hurt like they did, or Devontae Adams, which luckily he's healthy at this point, they're going to need these rookie receivers to come up and do something. And Aquinas St. Brown may be in line. Uh, to get some action there in Green Bay. And he has the talent. It's a little raw right now, but he has the talent to keep an eye on. Aaron Rodgers, of course, is startable at quarterback. He is always in the top 12. So Aaron Rodgers. Jones at running back. Graham at tight end. Devontae Adams. And Marquez... MVS, Marquez Valdez-Scantling are all startable options for Green Bay at Seattle on Thursday night. For Seattle, it's Russell Wilson. I think they're in a big uh, – their season's on the line. I think Russell's going to come to play. I think Baldwin is a risky, risky, risky flex play. I think he's just pretty much done in this offense. This The way this offense runs is through play action. And the deal with that is they run the ball, run the ball, run the ball. It's the old Schottenheimer way. And then they play off that run once the defense is totally sold on the run. Roll out play action with Wilson. It's worked like a charm at times this year. I mean, they are four and five, so I'm not going to say it's been killing it. But as far as Wilson goes and his numbers, it works out very well. The one player that it's really hurting is Doug Baldwin. Baldwin is a possession player slot guy that needs volume and volume is not what you're getting right now with the Seattle passing game he's only throwing Russell's only throwing the ball around 20-21 times a game at the most he's throwing a touchdown about every seven to, you know six or seven attempts it's crazy but it's because of the play action they pound 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 with their backs and as soon as you start to get bought into that and worn down with that they hit you with these rollout deep play actions So, therefore, Lockett is a must-start this week for me. I would even start David Moore over Doug Baldwin if I had to choose between the two. I think Moore and Lockett play into this play-action style better than Baldwin. Baldwin is still a risky, risky, risky flex play. I would not start any of the tight ends. The Packers cover tight ends very, very well. I think they've given up one touchdown all year to a tight end. I would shy away... From Vanette or any other tight end on Seattle. As far as startable options in the backfield, this is where Seattle gets really confusing. Uh, I would um, lean Carson. He's a startable flex option. Davis and Penny are bench dashes from rewriting right right now. Um, If you're desperate and you had to choose, I would choose Davis in a PPR format because I think he works better in the passing game. He has a good history these last few weeks working with Russell Wilson in that passing game. I think he may get a little bit more work than Penny. I still think Penny is the third guy there. Um, just because he didn't prove it at the beginning of the year. He's a rookie. He'll still see some time in this game. The way Seattle runs is through those backs. So all three will see a little time. I think it's going to be you know 65 to 70% Carson. I think Carson's going to get some good numbers in this game. Probably a touchdown. Uh, so out of the three, it's Carson for me. Davis is a risky flex. If you really want to try to hit a home run and you're in a super, you know, 16 to 18 team league or crazy deep dynasty league or something like that, then you can throw a dart at the board and throw Penny in a flex. But I would try to shy away from that if possible. As far as IDPs, uh, you know, Wagner for Seattle is always a good option. Um, And... Uh, Martinez, I know he's been battling some uh, some injuries, but Blake Martinez is always good for you know a good six or seven tackles. Uh, he's just a very very good inside linebacker. He does very well in IDP situations. He scores points with all his tackles. Le'Veon Bell is not coming back this year. just wanted a reminder for all the folks out there. Um, it is the James Conner show for the rest of the year. If you have James Conner and have held on to him, um, it was a good thing to do. He should be an RB1 the rest of the way. He is cleared. I don't think he's been officially cleared, but he did practice today. Uh, he should be good to go to suit up for Sunday. Le'Veon Bell uh, skipped out on close to $15 million uh, it's looking like the Jets, Colts, and Raiders seem to be the top three uh, landing spots for him next year. So I'm one of those guys that's always looking at the players. Like, if he goes to the Colts, I mean, man, Luck is going to have another passing option there, a running back that's going to take the heat off for him. Andrew Luck's draft stock will skyrocket if Le'Veon Bell goes to Indianapolis. Um, very interesting to see how that plays out in the offseason. Uh, it's a shame we didn't get to see him fantasy-wise this year because Le'Veon Bell is a very good player and deserves uh, to be um, in the uh, in the conversation as for the top backs. It's just he sat out one year. He felt like it was the right thing for him to do financially. I don't agree with 100% of it. But it is his body and his life, and we'll deal with it in the fantasy end. And Pittsburgh was fine with it. And Connor turned out to be great. So at this point, everybody's happy. If you're a a Le'Veon belt owner and you're not in a keeper league, you're not in you know you're just in a seasonal redraft or whatever, a fun league, drop him. There's he's not playing. He's done. He he cannot play the rest of the year. If you're in a keeper league, you know, trade deadlines already passed. Just sit on the guy. Put him on the IR. Gronkowski showed up for... uh, We'll go over some news before we head out for the day. Uh, Gronkowski did show up for practice. He is a possible start this weekend at tight end. I know he's had a rough season, but it is Gronkowski. If he is starting and he's on your roster, you have to play him. Marlon Mack did not show up for practice today. Uh... This could mean a little uptick for Naeem Hines, uh, but we will see how that plays out uh, going forward. Bosa is back at practice for the Chargers on that defensive line. I think that gives their defense an uptick. Uh, I think he's a player in um, IDP leagues. Uh, Bosa will bring back some swagger to that Chargers defense that they need, and I'm excited to see him there. I'm sure they are too as well um that's about it the rg3 show should be coming back to baltimore uh that will be interesting to see this weekend he is not fantasy relevant at this point but it is interesting to see uh, rg3 still uh being a player there in baltimore Uh, Terrell Pryor was released by the Bills. I know he's not a huge fantasy guy, but it just looks like this guy can't fit in anywhere. It's a shame with all that talent. Um, That's it, guys. Uh, Any questions, uh, the website, by tonight at 8 p.m. Eastern Time, we will have all of the rankings. I will have the winners and losers on the NFL schedule listed at the front of the webpage, um, on on the front page. And also, we will cover those games in the order that we uh, preview them on Saturday. So, the games on the website, if you want to know what order you need to jump through in the podcast to get the preview for the game and the players in that game that you want to know about, the list on the website, on the front of my website, uh, is uh, the list of the games, same list, in order that we go over on Saturday to preview each game on Sunday Sunday. And Monday, We will also, on Saturday, we will preview the Thursday night game. uh, Or we will review uh, the Thursday night game that we previewed today. Uh, And that should be a good game. So everybody needs to tune in. That Seattle-Green Bay game has a great history to it. Recent history has been wild. And it's two teams that are desperate. I think it's going to be a great game. Sunday night game and the Monday game are going to be great as well. Uh, Minnesota at Chicago. And the Chiefs at the L.A. Rams. Two best teams possible Super Bowl preview there. Uh, So the night games Thursday, Sunday, and Monday this week are amazing. Check all three out. If you're a football lover, those are games you need to be watching. Um, Good luck to everybody on the Thursday night game. If you have any players going, good luck with your waiver picks. We'll be back Saturday. Tune in for previews to all games on Sunday and Monday and the fantasy-relevant players in each game. That's what I do. I will uh, break that down for you and continue to get in touch with me through the email. It's toddsfantasypicks at gmail.com or hit my website as of 8 p.m. tonight, Eastern Time. We will have all the rankings and predictions as far as winners or losers in the game. And at the also on that front page, we will throw up some uh, stacks in daily this week. If you are interested, there are, um, I call them the affordable stacks. So it's not your top tier players. You can do that all day. Those are easy. Um, I try to do stacks that are not uh, mainstream so that you might be able to make a little money and change it up a little bit in your fantasy lineups. Um, that's kind of how you make money in daily. Um, I had a $400 week this week, very good week in daily. If you have any daily questions, Hit me up on the email at toddsfantasypicks at gmail.com or hit me up in the chat section on the website. I will help you with your daily. I've had a very good daily fantasy year this year. Um, I don't cover it very much on the podcast because I stick to seasonal. Um, We cover all the players that way, and you can kind of convert that into your daily is the way I look at it. But if you want strictly daily content, um, don't hesitate to get in touch with me. I'll do my best to help you out on some decisions. Good luck, everybody. I will be back Saturday morning. Have a great week. Till next time.